the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Saturday morning, everyone. Good morning. Thanks for being here. It is 9 a.m. Saturday, 710. KNUS Weather Center weather says 55 will be the high on Sunday, 50. Monday, a bit cooler in 48 degrees. Uh, There is a lot of things that are taking place, but uh, in the middle of last week, Joe Biden delivered his State of the Union, and I listened to a lot of critiques and criticisms on talk radio and news outlets. And one of the things that I thought to myself was, what are other people's views of the State of the Union? In, uh, in the part of it where they, they, Joe Biden said the State of the Union is strong, I flinched. But we'll do that later in open lines. In the meantime, uh, he never appears with us enough. He's simply one of the smartest men I think I've ever known. Uh, he came into my life, luckily, right before 9-11. And we've been friends ever since. We've met. He does Zoom with us. He does radio with us all the time. His name is Robert Spencer from Jihad Watch. Mr. Spencer, good morning, and thank you, and welcome back to the show. Peter, how are you? You know, I'm actually good. I uh, I have a lot going on. I've got a couple of ski days in this week, and that's always good. Excellent. And Yeah, so that. And um, I know you're kind of a sports guy. Not kind of a sports guy. You are a sports guy. Do you have a take on, on Super Sunday? Uh, actually, no. I'm sorry. I haven't been paying any attention at all. Uh, uh, you're right that I used to be, but since sports went so woke, yeah. I've really disengaged. Yeah. No, I remember you talking. You were, when Casey ran the show, you and Casey as both baseball guys, and I'd have to say, yeah. okay, get on, get, on, get, on, get off it, get on it. And so you would, um, you'd come back in. I, I want to begin with, um, tomorrow, I believe it's tomorrow, marks the first anniversary of invasion of Ukraine and how deep the U.S. is into this and now the Chinese balloon. And Barbara Tuckman, who is one of the great historians, wrote a book entitled March to Folly. And she also did The Guns of Autumn. And I see they're called tripwires, and that's what historians call them. And the First World War is a tripwire world, uh, is a tripwire world where... This group gets angry at this group, gets angry at this group. It escalates. Um, The Archduke is murdered in Sarajevo. In a very short amount of time, the world has gone insane. I I, I turn this into a question for you. Uh, Joe Biden's involvement, the United States of America's involvement, they're sending armor units, they want airplanes. That's right out of the playbook. Mr. Spencer, your thoughts? It's a very bad situation, Peter. Look, uh, madness, talking about the world going crazy, we're in it. The idea that we should be sending heavy weaponry to Ukraine is the height of folly, and it's an extremely dangerous game that the military-industrial complex is playing. The whole idea of NATO is to delineate which countries we have an obligation to defend, and therefore also which we do not. And we do not actually have an obligation to defend Ukraine. Ukraine is not in NATO. One of the reasons why Putin invaded Ukraine 
was, and I'm not justifying that he's uh, or saying he's some great guy or something like that, but the fact is that assurances were given by the United States at the time of the fall of the Soviet Union that NATO would not expand into the ex-Soviet satellites and provinces, and it has. The, they reneged on this deal, and the Russians feel like they are being encircled, that their sphere of influence is being, is being encroached upon. Once again, I'm not saying this makes Putin a great guy or makes the invasion justified, but to keep on pushing and to keep on expanding the sphere of NATO is inevitably going to get us into a world war. I agree. And it very well may happen once the U.S. tanks arrive there. And Putin has already said that he will see any kind of movement of that kind as a declaration of war. The only question is whether he has the wherewithal and the Russian military has the wherewithal to start something of, uh, on that scale. Um, of course, our military is in ridiculously poor condition and is woke and distracted and too busy with critical race theory to worry about things like winning wars. And so this might be the best time for Putin to act in that way. But on the other hand, it's a massive risk. And so I'm not saying it's going to happen, but like I said at the beginning, it's an extremely dangerous game to be playing. I agree. Robert Spencer's here. I personally believe um, the military-industrial complex is a driving force in Southeast Asia. It's a certainly a driving force with George Bush in the Middle East, both of those driven by lies. And I think you and I had this conversation, Robert Spencer's here, that when the uh, right-wing on-air people pulled their hair out because weapons were left in Afghanistan, the weapons manufacturers didn't feel that way. They said, okay, we'll sell more. And now they're looking for their next fight. And the next fight, of course, is, and now we're, when we're switched between us and the Chinese and us and the Soviets, or Soviets, pardon me, us and the Russians. And everybody's up in arms. Everybody's shoulders are up. Everybody's hands are in the air. And I'm thinking to myself, have you read nothing? This is how you back into a war. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what's happening. I mean... And the thing that worries me about our side also, Peter, is that we have all these people in the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates and so on, uh, even Jane Goodall, the naturalist, yep. Yep. saying we need to have a massive reduction in the population of the world. And, you know, people are actually seriously saying that because of the alleged climate crisis, that there is a need to reduce the population of the world by several billion people. And then you see the Biden people that are very hospitable to that point of view and completely signed on to the climate change agenda. And they're doing all they can, it seems, to try to provoke Russia into starting a world war. And it makes me wonder if this is all part of what they want to do, because they know that, well, nothing will reduce the world population by a few billion more reliably than a massive conflict uh, on a global scale. And you wonder, um, I've read a, a really interesting bio of Vladimir Putin. It's entitled Putin. And on Wednesday, we did our television show, The Shoot, 
with Brad Melcher, whose recent book, Nazi Conspiracy, about the plot to kill Churchill and Stalin and, uh, and, and FDR at Tehran. And we were talking about, you know, the, the, the Soviet involvement, the Second World War. Um, they, the, Stalin's combat losses were 1,000 men a day. Now, the United States, and this is not taking anything from anybody, our total combat losses, I think, amount of men that were buried and women that were buried, I think it was like 421,000 very brave men and women. The British, I think, buried like 427,000 brave men and women. You'll never know. I mean, the Soviets, 20 million, 22 million. And it isn't something that... And, and Putin's mother, grandmother, died of uh, cholera in Leningrad. And his father was a submariner and ended up in the, in the Red Army, Zhukov's army. He had two uncles that went with Zhukov. And they, they don't even know what happened to them. And here is this guy. This is not a guy, and I'm not, not like you. I love what you said, Mr. Spencer. I'm not defending this guy, but you better understand him. Your thoughts? Well, exactly, yeah. The Russians, they took tremendous losses in World War II. It was a staggering thing for them. As a matter of fact, I have a good friend who lived over in Russia for a few years, ending in, I believe, 2018 or 19. And... uh it was they have a day there where they yep. celebrate yep. the victory over the Nazis. Yep. And he went in that day to work and said to some of the people he worked for, all the Russians he worked with, that, uh, you know, congratulations or happy day or whatever it was that you say on this day. And somebody said to him and I thought, well, this is kind of rude. But on the other hand, I understand the, the sentiment. Uh, they said to him, you know, this was our victory. This is not your victory. That's absolutely this true. This is not something the Americans did. We paid a much larger yeah, price and that's true. than anybody else to defeat the Nazis. That's true. And the reason why I'm telling you this story now is because that is something that is that, – these are just ordinary Russian people mm-hmm. in Krasnogorsk in in outside Moscow. And they were reflecting, I think, mm-hmm. the general sentiments of oh. the Russian people. They would not hesitate if they thought that they had a just cause to make those kinds of sacrifices again. But those kinds of sacrifices are completely foreign to America. Yeah, and that's the understanding. That's the part of it. I mean, there's a theory that I think holds up. United States of America, we defeated the Empire of Japan. The Soviets defeated the Germans. I mean, it wasn't like and, – and it's hard, it's, it's hard to say that because of the bravery of Normandy and – you know, what happens in the bulge in North Africa and everything like that. But, you know, comparison analysis, just death tolls are, and, you know, we were talking about the siege of Leningrad. Harrison Salisbury wrote a book that stayed with me forever called The 900 Days. And when they circle uh, Leningrad, they have no, if you read what the Germans said, we're, we're not going to take POWs and deal with this. We're just going to starve these people. We'll starve them out. And let them all die, and that was the, that was the uh, the battle plan. They circled Leningrad, and as we know, they were eating their children in the end. So we don't know that, and they do, and they have very long memories. And the other part of it is, and I've read this analysis. This is the this is the Cuban Missile Crisis, where Jack Kennedy finds that there are 
enemy combatants inside of Cuba. And Putin sees the same thing happening, especially after the promise. And it doesn't make it right, doesn't make it wrong, but it just make it is. What do we do with all of this, Mr. Spencer? Because it's going to get heated. Well, I don't think we should be having anything to do with it at all. I agree. You know, I actually think that, um, like I said before, NATO is supposed to delineate which countries we have an obligation to defend and which we do not. Mm-hmm. Ukraine is not in NATO. Therefore, it's just that simple. We have no obligation to defend Ukraine. And if we do, then he is only justified, Putin is only justified in thinking that this is a an effort to encroach upon yep. Russian territory yep. and to uh, ultimately move against Russia in some more decisive way. And, well, um, you know, in the first place, we don't have an obligation to solve everyone's problems and take care of everyone's difficulties. And I'm sorry that this has happened to Ukraine, but it only is going to escalate the situation into something that everybody's going to regret if we keep on pushing them. The other side of this is the PRC and the balloon. And I made the case last week on the radio show, I was doing some reading, Uh, Walmart, the Waltons have spent $500 billion U.S. dollars inside of the PRC buying goods and services to sell in Walmart. And the way the system works, and you know it much better than I, the PRC doesn't need any any kinds of legislation or doesn't need any agreements. They just skim that, and they, that's who built the military. Is the, the Walmarts, multinationals like Nike and others, we collectively, the U.S. Um, worldwide multinational corporations, we built the Chinese military. Um, this goes back to, you know, the warnings that were given to Nixon. And... The the Chinese have this history, and they steal technology. They they do whatever they want, but by and large, it gets served up to them on a silver platter. Why would they need to steal it? It's been handed to them yeah. through through corporate taxes that should be a should have been paid in this country, but they dodged and they went to Soviet Union, and excuse me, they went to the PRC, and um, we collectively, each one of us that has big screen TVs and the rest of it, we built their military. Your thoughts? Yeah, no doubt about it. And so this is really something that Bill Clinton began when he signed the big agreement with the PRC that made it such that the United favored. States would be flooded with all these made in China yeah. goods. Favorite, favorite and then American businesses. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, American businesses would be overwhelmed. And so we're paying the price now. You know, this is given us a certain amount of comfort and ease, but the Chinese government is obviously not just satisfied with the economic hegemony that they've already uh, attained. And they would like nothing better probably than to see the U.S. and Russia involved in some huge war. That'd be the only beneficiary. Oh, and, and India. The, uh, the, because, yep. again, some of my readings suggest that these multinationals that once flourished in China are heading south into the into the subcontinent India and into Pakistan because it's even cheaper. But the Chinese um, are not going to let them out. And yep. but but it's interesting again to me is the greed of the multinational 
and the role that the United States military plays in protecting the multinational. I mean, you could make a case, and I think it would be a good one, you know, what Cheney and Bush did. I notice I put Cheney first in Afghanistan and Iraq. That was the role of the multinational. Mm-hmm. And um, and don't mix China up with the uh, with the PRC. I mean, excuse, excuse me. With uh, the, don't don't mix the PRC up with with the Russians. Um, they the China is not afraid of the United States of America. Do do you believe the Chinese fear this country? Oh, not at all. Thank What's you. What's to fear? You look at this ridiculous uh, high command. You got mm-hmm. this. President suffering from dementia. Yes, you've got the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and he looks like a Soviet general with all hundreds of medals mm-hmm. pinned to his chest. And what's he ever done? He's never been in combat. He's never won a battle. He's never won a war. All he's done is make the military woke. Uh, and 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 he's this little fat guy. He's the he's the mm-hmm. leading military officer in the country. He he looks silly, and he looks even sillier when he says, "I want to understand." white rage and study critical race theory. No, he should be studying how to win wars. But he's completely, he has no idea what the military is really supposed to be about. And so what do they have to fear? Uh, what, are they gonna, what are we going to do? Um, the Babylon Bee, the great satirical yeah. website, yeah. had this wonderful story where it said the, the, the tanks that the Americans sent to Ukraine were immediately destroyed because their rainbow coloring gave them away. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. you know, That's it, man. That's well, closer to reality yeah. than anybody would like to admit. I, since I've gone into the semi-retirement, I have this this opportunity. I spend a lot of time every day reading, and I've drifted into the Chechen War. And uh, we remember how we we all loved Brezhnev. Everybody loved uh, Brezhnev. He was this. Um, you know, comical, semi-comical character, and he was anything but. But the Russians took the military responsibility, and they took on the Chechens. And then um, the Russians disabled the Chechens, and they destroyed that movement. And you think that they're not looking at that model again? And there's going to be apparently a big big um, late winter spring offensive coming. And they've done it before. They've done two Chechen wars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if anything else, history serves us. So I don't know, Mr. Spencer, what uh, if someone were to ask you, and this is going to go into our open lines, what is the state of the union? Joe said the state of our union is strong. Um, yeah, I the flinched. state of our union is strong. Yeah. I saw this great cartoon after the after the address. George Washington chopping down the cherry tree, you know, and his parents are standing there looking disapproving. And he says, the state of the cherry tree is strong. Yes, I saw that. I thought it was brilliant. There we um, are. Yep. So I, is he as bad emotionally, physically as I think he is? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe? Joe's not in charge. No. Joe is just a figurehead for the people who are in charge. And, you know, I don't even know who they are. Hmm. Barack Obama very famously said a few years back but, that he would love to have a third term, yeah. sitting in his sweats in his basement and talking on a mouthpiece, talking uh, into the ear of a figurehead. And I think, well, maybe he's running it. Uh, hmm. Maybe he's the guy that's hmm. doing that. But on the other hand, maybe who's running him? I was believed in cabals in a most recently and most recently in the last seven or eight years of my life, I believe that there's influence peddlers and there's cabals and there's a carry out. And 
um, somebody somewhere, someplace said, okay, we're going to back the Ukraine. And calmer heads in the room said, don't do this. It's going to lead us into a very bad place. And I was talking to uh, people that I respect like yourself, and they're talking about having German tanks in the Ukraine. I said, when's the last time German tanks were in the Ukraine? My God, you know, it's like uh, 1941. Yep. Mr. Spencer, I, I just love having you on and having you speak. It's just, it's scary. It's scary. Yes, it is. All right, sir. We will talk. Give the web, give the web address, please. Yeah, jihadwatch.org. Uh, giving you jihad activity. There is still jihad activity, oh. and also we cover the left's totalitarian efforts. Take care. Jihadwatch.org. Take care of yourself, sir. Thanks again. We'll talk ASAP. Sure. Robert Spencer, why don't we go to open lines? What is your State of the Union? State of the Union. Um, I listened to everybody critique Joe, and that's okay, but what's yours? I thought about this. I was skiing, I skied a couple of days, and I thought, what a great on-air question. What do people think of the country, the State of the Union? You'll feel relaxed and at ease, Twin Aspen Dental Center, sedation dentistry. So whether you need a routine cleaning, same-day crown, or a one-day dental makeover, I was out there less than two weeks ago and got my cleaning again. Doctors Richter and Snyder, the team, will ease your dental anxiety. My family and I have gotten quality care, Twin Aspen Dental Center, for years. Uh, My tech is Shiloh. They use the most up-to-date technology, less invasive treatments than traditional dental procedures. Do not let... Old school fears keep him a beautiful smile and a healthy mouth. You'll be relaxed and comfortable. Sedation dentistry, it works, it works, it works. They need a deep cleaning. After waiting longer than I should have, and this was a couple years ago, that's when I met Shiloh. So, my deep cleaning is quick and pain-free. It's been a while since you've seen the dentist. Don't wait. Take the first step towards keeping your great smile and getting a better smile. Twin Aspen Dental Center located on Stroh Road, on Parker Road, in front of the Lehman Academy. And it's easy parking. It's great. They're good people. The people at the desk are the best. Visit TwinAspenDentalCenter.com, 303-841-7466, 303-841-7466, TwinAspenDentalCenter.com, 303-841-7466. we got two lines open. It's 26 minutes after 9, 926, 710. KNUS on a Saturday, sunny and 55, the high. 27 tonight, 50 for Super Bowl Sunday, and back to work Monday, 48 degrees. State of the Union. And sometimes you call, they say the S, what is it, S-O-T-U. It's the message delivered by the president to a joint session of the Congress uh, beginning of each calendar year in a current condition of the nation. Joe Biden said, you know, the State of the Union is strong. And I listened to a little bit of Off and On Talk Radio where everybody wanted to gangbang Joe. But what about you? I mean, I'd love to hear what people have to say about what they think the State of the Union is. We'll start with Don. You're on a radio show. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. Man. It's like a beautiful day out. I'm glad you got some skiing in. I think the State of the Union is pretty pathetic. But I beg to ask you, when has the State of the Union been really good in the past 30 years? Oh, I, I think in 81 with Reagan was the 40th president, began... Uh, and he began this practice of uh, newly inaugurated presidents delivering an address to Congress in the first year of that term. I think Reagan brought us out of the darkness. Uh, I think FDR told the truth. Yeah, but so, that was 40 years ago. 
Well, you asked me. I'll, 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 you in ask the past me, 30 years. Well, yeah, I can tell you George Bush lying about it, if you'd like that, or you'd like Bill Clinton well, lying I'm about just it. Saying, in the past 30 years, I don't think the State of the Union has been very good. No, but my, I agree I, with you on Reagan. Yeah. I mean, I, I was when I was thinking, posing the question to myself last night, I was, I was asking myself, I guess, uh, the same kind of question you just asked. But, um, I, you know, I, I remember f- feeling good about Reagan. Reagan, now that, as you point out, it's 81, I think. And Reagan is the 40th president and this practice of this newly inaugurated president. And I remember Reagan's speech. But I'm a Reagan fan, so, um, you know, oh, he, a, 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 well, no, after coming out of, all that insanity of Lyndon Johnson and Nixon and the sadness of Jimmy Carter, I always thought that Reagan kind of turned, turned the light back on. Uh, but, but, you know, you can, you can watch Bush's State of the Union. When the, now you know they're just flat lying. And he's standing there, you know, as my grandma would say, lying like a rug. So, do, you think, do you think Reagan was one of the more honest presidents that I th- we had? Because I, my opinion is, there's a long history of liars, and they're shameless. Well, I, in my lifetime, there's been two great American presidents, FDR and Ronald Reagan. Totally opposite men, but very much the same in so many ways. I, I feel good about Dwight Eisenhower, and I feel good about Harry Truman. That may be about it, Don. Yeah, I hear you. So what would well, you say? I mean, other, other than... What was your brief? What was <laughs> the State of the Union is what again? I didn't, I didn't listen to a lot of it. I did listen to some of it, but it just got so unpalatable. I said, no, I can't do this because it is lies, you know, and I, I don't have to have anybody fact check that. All I got to do is listen to him and look. Well, I, I watched, you know, I'm, I watched this man and it's a horrible thing to say, but he he's a robot. He's. You know, he comes out of Madame Tr- was it Madame Trousseau's wax museum. His his eyebrows are now permanently up. I watched him. He appeared on Telemundo. He did an interview, and his voice is reedy. And he, when he's outside, he always wears those Michael Gla- Michael Jackson dark black glasses. You can't see his eyes, um, and he speaks. His his voice is weak, and. You know, but he, he, uh, he truth he, is the truth, Peter. Well, that's I mean, right. You're, you're, you're just you're just pointing out exactly what he is, and for anybody to deny that, I, I have problems with people. Well, you know, like listen, that. I've heard people Come say on. he's fine. Listen, he's talking after the State of the Onion. He's not. They're saying he's on a reelection tour. Um, I, I can <laughs> I can say this uh, without a doubt: the two men that won't be on the ticket will be Donald Trump and Joe Biden. But we will see. We Can will you see. Imagine an eighty-two-year-old Biden getting the presidential. No, I mean I can't. Not I, again. I, 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 I got to leave before then. Man. Well, they got to find. They have got to find a. They have to find a job for for um, for the vice president, and you know, like the head of Columbia or something like that, and get her out of the picture, and then he steps aside. But he can't. I think right now, he can't say. Uh, I'm stepping down because then he, then he lame ducks himself. So, you know, you can't tell a guy, you know, okay, I'm not going to be here in two years because now you're a lame duck. So they might be playing that out as well. So we, we will see. We will see. 
who would you like to who would you like to see today of anybody out there? Who would you like to see as president and vice president? Well, that's a good one. Um, I'm I'm the more I'm watching um, the the governor of Florida. Uh, he's showing me some stuff, but there's I got some stuff with that. But he's at least I see him as a decision maker. Uh, but look what Trump did to him. Did you see that picture of Trump saying he's grooming teenage girls? I mean that. I mean, it shows you where Trump's I, going I, to. I, I, I didn't, Pete. I don't. I don't. I, you know, I listen to you and a well, that's that's a, other things. That's, well, it's the wrong thing. Anyhow, Trump puts out no, a no, it's not. Put, well, <laughs> Trump puts out a picture on his media social, whatever it is, and he they allege that this is a, a young, and he just graduated from Yale and he's teaching school. He's got three little girls with him, high school kids, and they're drinking beer, and he says he's grooming. Well, that picture was out when they challenged him before. It's not a new picture. But I thought to myself, what a dirty thing to do. I mean, what a dirty-ass thing to do to the guy. He's married, he's got a family, and then you show that. But it's, I think it points out to where Donald Trump has arrived. I'm going to jump. I appreciate the call. Have Thank a great you. weekend. You too, Bubba. You too. Uh, FDR, give me a break. Well, call the radio show. Your number is uh, 3558. Call the show. We'll talk about FDR. I mean, I'd love to do that. I just don't. I'm not going to whistle past the graveyard because you sent a stupid text. Call the show. We'll, we'll talk about it. 303-696-1971, the State of the Union. And I I did some reading about it. Uh, Ronald Reagan, like I said, what was the last great one? I think it was Reagan. And he he felt good. I remember feeling so like, wow, the light just came back on. David Allison, you heard me talk, and I saw David this week, and telling you about uh, taking valuables to David, and it's Valentine's Day coming and get the right gifts, get fortunes and cash, and secure an appointment from David. All the valuables you have need tucked away in your home. It's still true. Let me, again, share the same reasons to see David, just in case you don't have a Rolex watch, rare coins, or a silver tea set. See David Ellis for all the most meaningful gift-giving occasions. David Ellis Jewelers has the right, right items, the right price, special people that mean the most to you, an antique watch, an emerald pendant, a gold necklace, a diamond ring, This trusted jeweler has been buying precious metals and antiques in Colorado for decades. Dazzling cases filled with hundreds of new and used pieces your loved ones will treasure. Call David Ellis Jewelers. He is my guy. See for yourself. The Black Awning on the corner of 3rd and Clayton and Cherry Creek. Seven days a week. Not seven days. Six days a week. Put the the guy back to work on Sunday, right? 3rd and Clayton and Cherry Creek. Six days a week. Explore David Ellis Jewelry. Get there this week for a Valentine's Day gift. He's my friend, David Ellis, 303-322-8779. For real, David Ellis Jewelers, 322-8779, 303-322-8779. Third and Clayton and Cherry Creek got a black awning on the building. We're back with your calls. Hey, stay here. Merle Haggard, lines are full, 939, 21 before the hour, 10, 710, KUS Denver's talk station on a Saturday, sunny and 55, 27 tonight, 50 on Sunday. Monday, 48 degrees. We're talking about a number of different things. It's open lines. Uh, we all, or at least many of us, watched Joe Biden in the State of the Union. And I listened to you know people critiquing Joe the rest of the week. And I thought to myself, how interesting would it be to turn it over to the, to the listeners and callers and have them give a State of the Union? Uh, also, we're examining the year, uh, one year after the Russian invasion, the 24th, of February 2022 is when Putin unleashes the special military operation. 
and in just in general things you want to talk about. So we go to Dan on two. Dan, you're on a radio show. Good morning. Yes. Hi. Good hey, morning. 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 I I I listened to Biden's speech, and uh, basically everything he said is is the opposite of the way it is. What I see on the streets of Denver are our young men are being taken over by fentanyl. It's killing their motivation. It, they live in a hopeless society. It's it's almost between Brave New World and 1984. That's what we're coming to. I see migrants coming across the border. They're coming from all over the world. I met a guy the other day from Afghanistan. Hmm. He, he was trained by a U.S. Marine to uh, go through the minefields. He said he saw five of his best friends get blown up, and he finally left Afghanistan. Mm -hmm, sure. I, I, I meet him from Venezuela. I think they're being let out of the prisons down there. I, I mean, a lot of them. <laughs> it's scary what's going on. But the main thing is the, the young people, they don't have much hope. The people under 30, well, I, I just feel sad for them. I, but there's uh, this good call. There's a series of events, and I have long believed this for the last decade, give or take. Again, historians tell us all empires fail. There's not one empire that has not failed. And yes. the most recent one, I guess you could say, the Soviet empire failed. Uh, and the United States becomes empire in beginning in 19, although you can make it before that, into Central America and into, the, you know, the, into Hawaii and places like that. But we have become empire. Then we became the nation's policemen, which is the Roman legions. We can talk about the Persians. We can talk about the, certainly the British army. It goes on and on. And the Soviets attempted it with Eastern Bloc. And, yes. and, and they all fail. And, and they all fail for the same reasons. We have had, in my lifetime, two incredibly senseless wars that only cause more problems. Vietnam's a lie, a bright, shining lie. And then what Cheney and Bush did in Iraq and certainly in Afghanistan. And now the industrial complex that Eisenhower warns us of now yeah. gears up for the Russians, gears up for the Chinese. I fear these people. I fear these people more than I fear Putin. I fear them more than I fear Xi. I really do. I mean, that's that's a hell of a thing to say. Yes, well, the civilizations die from within, and that's what's happening well, so, here in America. Well, that's why empires They're fail. They're killing us from within. Em empires fail. And um, we. And it, it's not necessarily that it has to end that way, but if we continue along these same lines, it will. And that's why... Yes, but... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, 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 you know, when you have to look at who's controlling things, I think mm. the World Economic Forum... They always speak so highly of China, well, and I think they, China is the one behind the scenes. And I, the and I don't. I think the Chinese act in their own interest. At the same time, it's the U.S. multinationals. When yes. when 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 Nixon goes to China, and he's he's really giving a hot foot to Brezhnev. And then when when Bill Clinton gives favored nation to the Chinese, and I mentioned this. This is from my reading. Walmart, the Waltons have spent $500 billion, them alone, and that's not talking about Nike and all the rest of them, inside of the PRC. That's who we built the Red Army. This great threat of the balloons and the rest of this stuff that now, you know, when you watch 
Republicans jumping up and down and what's Gates want to go and start killing balloon factories or something. I don't know. And, but what we don't understand is somebody told you they could get you a cheaper trash can than the one that was being built in the United States of America. And they did, and they took that money abroad. And if you understand, and I'm sure you do, how the system works in the PRC, there's no, there's no. well, we'll talk about taxing you. Well, there's no representation and taxation. Simply just take the dough. And we build it. Right. And we built factory. Right. We built factories. We we did these things so we could screw an American worker out of a twenty dollar an hour job, and the American worker out of getting his his or her health insurance and vacation. We screwed people out of the EPA stuff. But by God, the multinationals and the bankers and the rest of them, and American foreign policy and the American military that was used to protect all this stuff, heads off into the third world. Yes. Yes. But China is really taking over the world, and I think they have bought our American politicians already. Let me give you an example. At the Penn Biden uh, Law Center or whatever center they no, have yeah. documents in, he had he had a hundred million dollars donated yeah. to that but, center. You know, with, fifty million of it came from yeah, China. But that, with with fairness, that's I, I don't believe that's how it operates. It operates on a much more um, open because they they hide in plain sight when when television sets and i'm told that i've not seen it but you go to these huge huge factories inside of china and coming down one line or you know sony's and coming down the other line or uh, some other system or some other system and they're all making the same television set under other names and and they right. run they run three shifts they call it a hotbeds and they're like i work my shift and then i go to school and eat and then I go to bed, and somebody's getting out of the bed, and they're going to go. And they, and so one of the things that makes me so angry about uh, the the stupid people that talk about the Chinese inventing this disease, look, they stop their own machines. They 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 clean up their they stop their own market process. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reading a book right now called Plagues and People that I'll get this guy on the show, and about the history of plagues and where everything comes from. There was nothing in it for the Chinese to release a disease into their own country. It just wasn't anything for them to do that. It was it stopped the machine. Um, it doesn't matter to the anti-vaxxers, but it's just look at it logically. Why would I, you know, crap in my own nest? It didn't make sense. So, well, but, but they stopped travel within China, but allowed travel everywhere no, from Wuhan to the rest no, of the world. Well, really, what why ha- did they do that? Well, what happened is before they were really aware, it's the leather industry. It's an interesting road. It's like the Silk Road that brought uh, diseases during the time of the polos. So right. there is no, you, you can't tan leather in Europe. You can't tan leather in the United States anymore, I understand. So the... Uh, Florence in Italy is the leather capital, design capital of Europe. Well, the, the Chinese businessmen would travel, and they liked the um, professional ladies of Florence. <laughs> like, uh-huh. all right? So yeah, now, so there was great visitation between uh, the Chinese men who are coming with, you know, representing the leather goods companies and right. the designers and. A little side business. You had your uh, professional women, 
And they're, 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 they are the principal reason early on where the virus gets into Europe. It gets into Europe in, in Italy and Florence. And it's interesting because when the, when the deaths come, the deaths come by boat. And where do they come into? They come into Venice. Um, uh-huh. And they bring in the death. And they bring the, the – it's the polos. It's the Silk Road. And this is kind of like the aerial Silk Road. So nothing changes. The players change. So that's how it got to Europe. And once it's here, it's – but now one of the things that Joe said the other night – was now we're out of the blast of, uh, I'm paraphrasing, we're not living under the plague, the flu. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. I'm th- do you think that's true? No. Me neither. No. I don't either. I don't either. No. Yeah. No. It's just, yeah. just going to, here's a really weird one. 1968, because I got it, there was something called the Hong Kong flu. It was a swine flu. Uh-huh. I, and we have now, every flu vaccine, the one I got shot with a couple of months ago, is on a variant of the 1968 swine flu. Every time, Really? Yeah. Every, it's never, it's, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, but the, the, I, I got so sick. I've, never, I've only been sick, like really sick twice in my life. And that, and that, that was one of them. And now every flu shot that I get every year is a version, a precaution, if you would, of that 68 flu. That animal on that flu was the pigs. They were swine flu. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's, you know, birds and snakes and monkeys and we, we and camels and horses. They're the, they're, the, they're the gift of the flu. They're the gift of the virus. And so... Right, the CCP in China, they view the viruses as a weapon. Now, let me give an example. Uh, I'm, not sure. 11, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, just listen for one second. There's 11 labs that study coronaviruses in Wuhan. Did you know that China approved uh, to build another 13 How many, my friend, labs how, in how, Wuhan how, to how, study how, coronaviruses? How many labs do you think are in this country that are doing things not dissimilar to that? I'd say there's about six to ten. Yeah, well. My, one in North my point Carolina. is, yeah, there's a bad one. Yeah, there's the one where they keep stuff locked away that nobody goes in to see it. Right. I, I would urge you to read a book called uh, Hot Zone, if you've not read uh-huh. it, about, about Ebola. And uh, uh-huh. and it's just, it's the same thing. They're, they're, it's in Reston, Virginia. And the, uh, the, the, and the guy who wrote it, it's, it's an emotional book. But the Ebola gets loose inside the monkey monkey houses because... Uh, Ebola, well, not Ebola. Ebola, I mean, um, AIDS is a AIDS is a, a, a primate virus, but the, right. the the virus gets loose. The Ebola gets loose inside, and they have to kill all the monkeys. And it is, you know, and they suit up and they get their their weapons and they're young kids, you know, like techs, uh, vet techs, and they love these monkeys. They've been taking care of them, and they have uh-huh. to they have to go in and shoot them. And the monkeys, in about five minutes, monkeys realize that they're they're coming to be murdered, and it's just a horror show. And it turns out oh, wow. that the, the 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 disease that they had, humans were immune to it, and that's called Ebola restin. It's for real. It's it's it, there's a form of Ebola called Ebola restin because of restin Virginia because of the because of the virus labs, and you can't get it. But they didn't know it at the time. So they killed all the monkeys inside, 
and um, didn't have to. But the point of it is, we look. This 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 disease comes from these these wet markets, and it's a it's a game that's been played, a sadness that's been played, and so they politicized it. And it, it, to me, it's very sad. It's it's not. Uh, and we'll never know where it came from. Well, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they get pretty good ideas when, when the swine. I've read about the swine. They 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 have these huge. I mean, you can't imagine. I can't imagine the size of these swine flu factories. They're swine flu. Um, pig, uh, pork pig factories. factories. I mean, they're they're huge. They're slaughterhouses, and they're huge. I mean, they're from here to DIA. They're and and, so, yeah. and they're but it's the proximity that the workers would have with the pigs and it's a jump across it's like it jumped into human beings or they ate the pig the same thing with the bats and you know it's just it's a process but to listen well you know that's what the bat lady does in china here's what happened there was some mine workers that got ill Mm -hmm. and she went to the mine and so, got the back dung, yeah. and that's what phosphorus came that, from. Yeah, and she took yeah, it to the lab and started studying it. Well, and there's all kinds of different stories, and it's like, did they do it uh, because they they were ashamed, afraid what had happened? And uh, I I don't know. I love the call. Yeah, Thank we'll, you. Ne- we'll never know. You, we'll you never take care. Know. All right. To my favorite person who never calls the show, Clown Radio still thinks COVID came out of a cave, not the one lab. What happens to be the one-eyed man turns out to be as blind. You get the gaslighting less espoused by Clown Radio. Hey, pick up the GD phone here, man. Grow up here. Call the show. Um, plumbing, heating, and electric. When things break and don't work, call my friend Brad Apple at Time Plumbing, Heating, and Electric for all your service needs. So they have the best easy-to-remember number for all your needs, 303-PLUMBER. Denver natives Brad and Judy Apple own Time Plumbing, Heating, and Electric, licensed since 1983. If your furnace is getting old and not heating like it used to, Time Plumbing, Heating, and Electric can clean and service your furnace for $69. Bucks. That's normally a buck twenty. Or if your furnace is getting old and not heating like it used to, Time Plumbing, Heating, and Electric. Now, I know people. I mean, it got cold, and this, on Wednesday, snow's coming. Five, five will be the low, and 18 and 12, and you know the drill, and I know the drill, <laughs> so it's cold. If your furnace is getting old, it's not heating like it used to. Time plumbing, heating, and electric. Blowout specials on furniture and furniture. Read that word. Furnace replacements. Get $2,000 off the standard pricing on a new ream or carrier furnace replacement. They also offer financials starting at 62 bucks a month for your new furnace, and your old furnace will get recycled. Simply dial that easy-to-remember number, 303-PLUMBER. Number's easy. They're great. Mention the Peter Boyle's Furnace Special $2,000 off a furnace replacement this month. Remember, their number, 303-PLUMBER. Go to 303-PLUMBER, 303plumber.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.